Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It is uh, the D.L. Hughley Show, your uh, indictment. Update. Well, hey, come on now, stick with me. Stick with me. I can't, you is slow. It? I am just oh, Okay, well, oh, man. All. all right. We just... <laughs> You know what is uh it's increasingly difficult to uh maintain a professional atmosphere with these kinds of people. And this is going into my report. I want you to know. Just I want everybody I'm putting you everyone write on that notice. Like, yes. <laughs> you don't do that. We say absolutely. All that mystery still. Just put your helmet on and we're gonna be all right. <laughs> See, I didn't go that far. I didn't go that far. Well don't 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 worry. It's going in the report too. I don't care. I, you know you don't know these next these technologies. You could just say something and it'll it'll yeah. type it out, yeah. even though That's it doesn't okay. know what I'm saying. Yeah. It still doesn't know what I'm saying. It doesn't know that. Yeah. Kind of like Donald Trump, right? <laughs> Happy birthday to Deion Sanders. Is he, is he any relation to you? No, he's not. <laughs> no, no, he but has I'm a team because I know he's in yeah, yeah. having some serious well, issues. He's got a great team. I mean, he got a good chance at a team, but not a conference. He doesn't have a conference anymore <laughs> just yet. But mm. um, happy birthday to Michael Coors! Uh, if you see if a woman sees another woman with a Michael Coors bag, uh, some women will roll their eyes at them. Some women will do that. Like some woman who are on this show right now. That's some not woman. true. That's not true. Oh, okay. That's not so if true. I got you a Michael Kors bag for Christmas, you wouldn't roll your eyes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Happy birthday. Definitely silence. Right? <laughs> I know you got more than Michael Kors money. I'm just saying. That ain't got nothing to do with it. Happy, it's the thought that counts. And I thought you thought like, that like a Michael Kors. <laughs> Happy birthday. Hold up, hold up. Happy birthday to Curtis Blow. And I want you to know. Happy birthday to Kevin McKid, Dr. Owen Hunt on Grey's Anatomy. Happy birthday to Doug Williams. Happy birthday to Jamarcus Russell, the first NFL pick. I think that Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf are probably the worst NFL uh, first round draft picks. Yeah, they were pretty bad. Probably. Happy birthday to Mar- Mac 10. Happy birthday to WC, uh, WC, uh, Dub C. Uh, happy birthday to Derek Fisher. Happy birthday to Bob Cousy. Happy birthday to Shamika Holesclaw. Happy birthday to Kenya Burris. Very talented writer. Well, nobody's writing right now. So, uh, happy birthday to Emmy Adoka, who was in that, who's went from Boston to Houston. He's the coach of Houston. Yeah. Happy birthday, uh, possibly, of course, to the one and only Whitney Houston. We're going to celebrate her life in the mix. Happy birthday to Ken Norton Sr. Uh, and happy birthday to Alan Hoskins, of course, Farina on the Little Rascal. Those are all posthumously. We've got a great show lined up for you. Of course, I will have a little note from the GED section on the D.L. Hughley Show. Jazz man. What man? Can you please tell these good people what is trending? Tory Lanez. <laughs> Finally sentenced. Uh, I think 10 years, I think, is the initial thing. They are giving him some credit for the months that he's been behind bars already regarding this whole Megan the Stallion situation. But they say that he actually could face up to 22 years in prison because of the aggravating factors, I guess, in the attack, uh, considering how he was, um, I guess, threatening her and how he was harassing her throughout the trial and before. And, and even when the judge had told him not to do certain things, he continued to do. You mean anything. like Donald Trump? 
You mean like Donald Trump? Yes. So not only could he face up to 22 years for that, but he he could also be deported, which I think will probably I I bet he'd rather be in a Canadian prison than in California one. I know that. Yeah, I bet he would too. (laughs) So, you know, people on both sides of it, because, you know, people still believe him. You know, you have some people who Who believe him. It's a lot of people telling you on social media. They were like, it's unfair. Then you're an idiot and you're... I agree. You're a Trump supporter. You, you, you're no worse. You're no better than those Trump supporters who, in the face of evidence, he shot that girl. Yeah. Now you, you can argue that he wrote a wrote a letter on his behalf for her, for him. Okay. Uh, here's the thing: when I hear people going, "Well, you know, they was in a they was Mr. whatever they were doing," most women in America are shot by somebody they were they were in bed with just previously. Most women are, are in America are shot by somebody or killed by somebody they're intimate with. The thing is, now we live in an era where we can't even look at facts and and just be devoid. Listen, you could love somebody, you could you could support somebody, and still know that they did the thing they're being accused of. Tory Lane shot that girl. Now you could tell, you could debate with me whether the uh, the the sentence is too harsh. You could tell me that you thought there were other mitigating factors. You cannot tell me that man didn't shoot that woman. Yeah. You couldn't tell the and if you believe either. that, you're deliberately <laughs> obtuse. And the seven women and five men who deliberated about it, you couldn't tell them right. that either. Right. So, <laughs> nice I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If women are on, uh, on the jury and men are on the jury and you get found unanimously uh, found guilty, yep. you, some, somebody believes you. There you go, Daystar. So also trending, Wayne Brady came out as pansexual. He likes pans. Yeah, he said, you know, to he said what about to me, the pots? pan oh. means oh. being able to be attracted to anyone who identifies as gay, straight, bisexual, non-binary. And he said, basically, you know, I've been struggling with this. You know, I obviously through the two marriages he's been in, but for a very long time because he was afraid of the backlash or what people might say about it. But he said, now I'm bisexual with an open mind. Hmm. Been attracted to men in the past, but I never dated anyone. And you know, he's you know, it doesn't matter. I don't care. He just date anybody, man, woman, boy, girl, trans, whatever. I mean, whoever's available at the time. It's like a buffet. Whatever you'll find something to eat. Throw it in the pan. Why are they making these? Why do people come out and make these declarations? Why are these necessary? Like as if it's a badge of honor to be honest with yourself. Like, like you knew knowing something is always easier than saying it out loud. But I think that people make these. And I like Wayne Wayne's. Well, not in the pansexual way, but I like Wayne. <laughs> I think he's a, he's a nice guy. But people make these declarations as if they're supposed to be important, like as if they're chivalrous or brave. It's not brave to stop living a lie. Well, maybe not, may, maybe well, they do it as an easier to say than done. Than maybe do. they do it as an example for other people who. They have mental stress because they're hiding. Correct. And you know, okay, when you when you in your fifties, when you in your fifties, you playing in the back nine. So it's not brave when you in your fifties. You already made your money. Everything's good. Like it wasn't brave when um, when um, uh, what's her name became uh, when she transgender Caitlyn Jenner. She was sixty. She was seventy years old. She's already lived past what normal men live, what the average American male lives by, and she'd already extracted all she could from white male privilege. So all of a sudden, you're in your 50s and you say you're brave after your TV shows or you've done well, now, well. To be clear, he never said he was brave. He just simply said, you know, it's been taxing on me. And I think Skip may have a point to, obviously, in his 50s, I think it, it might lend an ear to his experience of what it feels like to have to hide how you really feel, whether it is to be successful in Hollywood or to be accepted by a certain group. But more than anything, just, you know, showing an example to younger people who are going through that and they are afraid to say that 
Because he never the said I was brave. He just simply said, I, I just, I got tired. I just want to be happy. The one place you will not be ostracized is Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing. <laughs> that is the one place you will not be ostracized. Or it could be as simple as he's not trending anymore. And, and then there's that. I, I tell you yeah. what, oh, Wayne Brady, man, I got a chance to meet him. And somebody kind of tried to step to him, like tried to call him corny and tried to step, you know, because he. Bill he tried Bill to, Well, I saw this was like out somewhere. And and he about to stomp a mud hole and so I like he's yeah. not to be messed with. I think he can no, throw he them no, hands. No, I think no, he can well. no, no. <laughs> that's what's trending. <laughs> McDonald's is not new to chicken, so maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy, juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say. They're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So, March 6th, 1857 or thereabouts, the Supreme Court uh, made the Dred Scott decision, which basically said that no white man, that a black man doesn't have any rights at all, that a white man is inclined to have to respect because he was not uh, a citizen, Uh, that he had no rights at all, that white men or the white citizenry was bound to respect. What we saw at that pier in Montgomery was a version of that playing out. Look at the circumstances behind what happened that day. Look at the circumstances. It was a young a black man in authority telling white men that they couldn't do something. And look how fast they acted angrily. Look how it escalated. Was it an attack or was it an affront or did he do something ridiculous or obnoxious or did he refuse to obey them? No, he merely told them that they were not allowed to do something. And look how violent they become. Look how violent they became. They came from everywhere. Nobody asked what was going on. They saw a white man attack a black man. Another white man rose and attacked him too. And I have no doubt that that man would be dead absent the absence actions of others. Because that, ladies and gentlemen, is what plays out across this country historically has always played out. Look how little provocation it took to be lynched. You could wink or you could walk down the wrong street or you could not be deferential enough. Or you could smile and it could cost you your life. You could be jogging in the name, wrong neighborhood and it could cost you your life. You could be on a train and acting in a way that other people thought was suspicious and it can cost you your life. You could be in the wrong apartment or the right apartment at the wrong time. You could be in your house playing video games and it could cost you your life. You could be selling cigarettes or counterfeiting a 20 or writing a fake check because there are those in this country who believe that there are no rights that a black man house has that they are bound to respect. And absent action on those other people's parts, I have no doubt that those men would have taken it too far like they always do. We have children that are dead in the streets right now because they didn't stop for a man who asked them where they were going and they were eating Skittles. We have women who are dead right now who have stopped the police because they didn't have a turn signal or because they, 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 they forgot their wallet or because they were disrespectful during a traffic stop. As a matter of fact, when interacting 
with a policeman, what are parents often admonished for their children to be taught? To be respectful, to be deferential. Because in this country, there are a great many people who believe that we do not have the rights that you are bound to respect. When they're talking about disenfranchising people who are elected, who are they talking about? Where did they do the recounts at? What were they trying to get them to do? When this, this election is being challenged as illegitimate, why? What happened as a result of that? They changed the rules because they believe we do not have any rights that they are bound to respect. You, you, the most frivolous of ways, the most innocuous, uh, the, the, the most uh, small interaction could result in very negative consequences and have historically. On that pier played out a version of what America has always seen, that black people have no rights that they are bound to respect. So what do you wear in uniform? Do you know how many men, black men, came back from the war wearing uniforms and were lynched just because they were wearing uniforms? Look at the first black president. You met when they first these open carry laws. The prelude to that was the Tea Party who walked around outside of political speeches fully armed because they truly believe that there are no rights that we have that they are bound to respect. You, you look at that incident and it is not new. It is retro. It is played out over and over again. The difference, you could be on a train acting erratically and some man can hold you to by your neck for 15 minutes while other people look around. And what is your offense? Acting erratically? And then not only will, you, will nothing happen to him, but if he hailed as a good Samaritan. That is hardwired in America. It is hardwired in white guys, some of them, to believe that we have no rights. They are bound to respect and they can do anything to us. The only thing that stopped us from having a far worse tragedy was people finally saying no. Whether you recognize our rights or not, we are interceding on someone else's behalf. Otherwise, I firmly believe we would have a very, very different interaction today. That's a little note from the GED section. We've got the Jazz Report coming up in 15 minutes. It's the D.L. Hughley Show. She's jazz. She's smart. It's the Jazzy Report on the D.L. Hughley Show. Los Angeles International Airport has banned the sale of single-use plastic bottles. It's part of a larger zero-waste initiative to make the airport entirely zero-waste by 2045. Besides banning plastic bottles, uh, they say they also intend to have net-zero emissions from its operations and develop a fully renewable electric profile. I don't, think, I don't see the need for something that stays around a thousand years that you can only use once. I agree. I don't, I don't I just, see why we do that. I, I, I do, but the, the the thing is, you have to look at it from the perspective of so what will you do? Because you can't buy water now at the airport. No, that's you, what they're you're going to put them in a box like box wine. They'll have like like right. milk yeah, cartons, right. perhaps water in there. They'll, they'll have to find a company. I guess so. That one company I think that does it, it called Zero Water <laughs> or the box it, water. It, no, it's a couple of companies do it. Um, Here's the thing that's interesting. Um, whenever anything gets bad, they put it in our neighborhoods. So all those bottles, all that plastic, all those carcinogens, all that rubbish will find a way to permeate our environments. So you, every, everything you don't want to see usually ends up around black or brown people. So I That's think true. it's it, it's prudent to, to understand this. But I, I just wonder how 30 years ago, 
when somebody was presenting the eye of, uh, the idea of bottled water to our parents, they'd have laughed. <laughs> they'd have oh, you I go, you walk around with a bottle of water. So, however, and I, I would imagine people went to airports and didn't dehydrate and pass out. We were people. Well, like, back people then, though, remember, everybody got, you know, water and, you know, plus TSA was different. You could bring your own and whatever plus, container you wanted to. Everything is different. Plus, and plus, we D, plus DL, uh, you shouldn't talk about passing out, really. You should just. Oh, anyway, let me move on. Let me move on. So a I was dehydrated. Of girls, <laughs> a sorry number of girls started puberty early during the pandemic, which could be due to stress or reduced physical right. activity. They say it right. typically uh, puberty typically happens between eight and fourteen for girls and eleven to sixteen for boys. Now, in extreme cases, puberty can start as early as two years old. Black and Hispanic children typically enter puberty six months earlier than white children. Yeah. And, and you know why? That's because of their environment yeah. and the food they eat and the, and the stuff in their foods. Yeah. Yeah. So when we was growing up, it was one girl that was developed. You know, it was usually you see two, one or two girls in a class that were developed. Now it's like everybody. And so there has to be something that has happened environmentally um, that impacts them. It's got to be something in the food, water, or the environment, or maybe all three. So. Yeah. I mean, so. I, I agree with that. Um, this was very interesting. I was reading an article um, that children, um, they act, um, they behave 800% worse with their moms than when they're around their father, um, even though family courts, of course, usually decide, uh, you know, side with the mother in custody cases. Um, why do you think children act much better statistically. I'm not saying for everybody. It's not, you know, but statistically uh, act better, behave more, uh, more so well behaved with their fathers than their mothers. Why do you think that is? 877-242-2426. Also, just up on Twitter at D.L. Hughley Radio or on Facebook, the D.L. Hughley Show or the website, the D.L. Hughley Show.com. All right. We are going to be uh, getting to your calls in a bit. So uh, a study shows that kids behave 800 percent worse with their moms when their moms are around than with their father. Why do you suppose that is? We're going to give you a chance to weigh in. It's the D.L. Hughley Show. Hey, fam. Hit D.L. up on Facebook and on Twitter at the D.L. Hughley Show. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. That was Jasmine Sullivan, Hurt Me So Good. The question we're asking, a new study says that, um, that children are 800% worse when their moms are around than when their fathers. Why do you suppose that phenomenon exists? We're going to go to June. It's going out to our social media see what they're doing out there. What are they saying, Hand of the King? Um, Deborah from Dallas, Texas said that's because um, mama's close with the switch. Um, I, that would work I, yeah, the other I, way around, seem like. Yeah, it would. I don't. Hey. I don't. I don't know what uh, to attribute it to exactly, but I think that uh, a lot of dynamics, the father is seen as the more stern disciplinarian. 
um, or someone who is more likely to not be in favor of what they're doing. They call them Mr. Bad News. Why do you think it is, Jasmine? Well, I was actually reading the article, and it says if your chil- the children are um, 800% worse when they are with their mothers, but that because that is because the mothers are doing a great job. They say it basically comes down to it is the safe place for children. So they feel as though, you know, the best place to, to, to remedy a situation, whether, because generally when children act up, it's because they're mad about something because this is broken or this doesn't work or this isn't going the way I want it to. And so they have these tantrums and they say it is because they feel safe in the presence of their mother more so than they do their father. Now, that's according to the article. Well, I, I, th- I think that uh, that that conduct would be contrary, right? If you were well, throwing, I mean, I mean, throwing I mean, a fit because you feel safe. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying to from, be a good thing. It, I know, but this is the the article that states the percentage that you gave about 800. Uh-huh. percent This is what they're saying. They're saying it is because of this. So that's how they came up with this number. Mm-hmm. By I guess mm-hmm. they did a study watching these children and and you know studying them and. And this is what they came back with so, as the answer. So the so the the, the answer is uh, kids don't need to feel so safe. That's, that's what I was <laughs> <Right>. saying. <laughs> you, you need to be threatened. You don't need to feel so damn safe. <laughs> exactly. You need to. That's Pretty right. Much. If 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 it is that they feel safe, so they act up. Mm-hmm. That's counterintuitive, wouldn't it be? Well, they didn't have a mama know, like just... my mama because. My mama was the disciplinarian. My dad didn't. Yeah. He he hardly ever. I only got one spanking by my dad. But you yeah. know when dad did raise up, you know it was a problem. Yeah. Right. But, but, by, yeah cause by that time, I'd be so cut up from my mom that he wouldn't, you know. He, <laughs> That's how right. I feel. He couldn't even get in there. No licks. He's, oh, well, I'm going right. to I'm, I'm talk to you later, boy. You know, because, man, my mama was right. the one. Because right. she's she going to whoop my ass. Oh, I don't need That's up. right. <laughs> All right, we are going to be uh, getting to your calls in a bit. So uh, a study shows that kids behave 800% worse with their moms. I don't even know how you get that figure, that percentage. 800% worse when they're with their moms than with their with their father. Why do you suppose that is? We're going to give you a chance to weigh in. It's the D.L. Hughley Show. The fun never stops all summer long on the D.L. Hughley Show. A new study is saying that children behave 800% better when they're with their fathers and with their mothers. Now, Jasmine, her reading of the report says that it's because they feel safer around their mother. And Skip aptly said, well, then maybe those little crump snatchers shouldn't feel so safe. Shouldn't feel so safe. (laughs) And here is the thing that I have never had in all of my life. You know what? It depends on what you're raising, really, honestly. I've never seen a black man talk about safety under any other condition that he was talking about giving it to someone, never receiving it. I've never heard a black man say, I want to be safe because I think it's such an abstract concept. But I have heard them say they want their family safe. They want their neighborhood safe. They want, you know, safe. But but I've never heard. So I think even the even the word safety, even even in the context of this particular the 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 synopsis, the analysis of this study is a weird thing for me because it's saying, intimating, basically, that if you feel safer, you will act an ass, hmm. <laughs> as opposed. And I think that there should be some level of. I think danger keeps you. You you didn't you didn't touch that stop touching fire because you felt safe doing it. You felt like it was dangerous. You know you didn't you don't wear your seatbelt because it's safe. You wear because it, it could be dangerous not to. Well, I think so you, I think you he, see now, I, I would, I would disagree and say, I don't think that you touch the surface. That ain't safe. It's dangerous. That's not safe I to disagree. You, 
Well, <laughs> I think you do it because you just, you, it's the unknown and you just want to know. You know what I mean? I think it's curiosity. Most kids are curious. They don't look at things as dangerous or not. They look at it as, I just want to see what's going to happen. I don't believe you. I want to see for myself. And even looking at further into the study, you know, which by the way, there are a lot of studies that disagree with this and say this was actually a false study. It's not true. There is no such thing as 800% number one and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but they basically go on to say, you know, the reason behind this study was which there is some truth to does come down to, you know, the basic human needs and emotions of children, meaning that they need to feel safe. And when they are in the presence of their mother, they say because of the pheromones and all of that, they feel they can be completely themselves. And their mother is never going to. I know you don't understand this part for sure. Their mother's never going to stop loving them. Their mother's always going to protect them no matter what, whether they act up, whether they act right. And so I they like the imitation to get better. That. I like the imitation kid better. I like the one that <laughs> pretends like they, I, I don't care. I don't even care. I don't even care. Whatever makes you not make act an ass, I don't care. I don't care if it's fear, love, yeah. imitation, whatever gets you to sit your ass down and not embarrass me is That's fine. called a switch. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take right. it. We need some of that act right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. That's what Deborah said. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a damn about why it happens. I don't care nothing about yeah. the natural pheromones, and I don't care nothing about that. I care that you don't embarrass me in this place. That's yeah. what I care. So you got to get them legs. So, I'm telling you. Yeah. So, but but like when Nola was staying with us, everybody whooped her. Everybody whooped her <laughs> at me. Everybody. They ganged up on her one time, like that scene from Airplane Man. I know and the you. only reason I did, and the only reason I probably didn't is because I wasn't there enough. But everybody nah. jacked her up. Ryan, you will never you put never. your hands on you that. Okay, not in the I'll show you. I'll show you a video right now of me popping Nola. On oh oh gosh, please show me. Okay. Okay. I'll show it's it. It's AI. It I'll ain't real. You. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, it's your right. clone. And it's I bet you. I bet you was crying more than she was. I seen the way she got you rapped. She could set the house on fire. You be all right. You could have me rapping still. Listen, I don't think, uh, I think I, I didn't hit Tyler hard enough and look what happened to her. I'm just saying. <laughs> you, you can't beat Asperger's out of kids. Let me tell you that. I, I've tried. Oh, Lord. I've tried. All right, we got to be getting to your calls in 10 minutes. It's the D.L. Hughley Show. More fun is on the way on the D.L. Hughley Show. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The question we're asking, a new study is saying that children behave 800% better with their fathers than they do their mothers. Why do you suppose that is? We're going to the phones. Children are innocent, and so, and the way God created man in his image, a child innately responds to a man because God put it there. And so, mom, we are the naturist, so we gain their respect by what we do. But with a man, it automatically comes because of how God built them. I believe that uh, men are more intimidating than women uh, when it comes to kids. 
And I think the fathers are a lot less likely to tolerate stuff than mothers are. So that's why they don't they don't play. And I've I've had my butt spanked by a man before and by my mother, and I can tell you that it hurt a lot worse when that man did it. Uh, so I, I really think that's the reason why, just intimidation. I think it's because we tap that butt in those hands. They don't do that now. They're afraid to hit their kids. You don't have to hurt them to make them learn. Well, I don't know about other cultures, but I know in the black culture, there was nothing more uh, fearsome than wait till your father gets home. Because the father was pretty much the disciplinary. There was pretty much the nurturing kind, the soft-soul, the gentle-handed. And that's being said, that's the reason kids really don't uh, obey their mother like they would their father. I would say children actually understand what they're doing. They know that their, their mother loves, their mother's love is unmatched, and they are bound to act up around their mother because they know at the end of it all, their mother is going to protect them and nurture them from any harm or danger. So that is why they feel free, in my opinion, to um, act up and act out because they know that the mom is not going to let anybody hurt all right, we are going to be uh, getting to your calls in a bit. So uh, a study shows that kids behave 800% worse with their moms when their moms are around than with their father. Why do you suppose that is? We're going to give you a chance to weigh in. It's the D.L. Hughley Show. The question that we're asking, a new study is saying that men, uh, excuse me, the children behave 800% better when they're with their fathers as opposed to their mothers. Why do you suppose that is? We are going to the phones. I'm a woman, and mothers... We kind of push over. We just let them do what they want. The first time they get in trouble or they do something that they shouldn't do, the first thing we say is, wait till your daddy get home. Daddy ain't playing that stuff. He going to whip your ass when you know that you need him. So I I feel that dads are more sterner than, than, than mothers. Because mothers mother with the kids just go in the store and fall out and cut up and cry in the store. Daddy ain't playing that stuff. I feel like it's... Is is gender based? Cause my my daughter she would try me more than more than she would try her mother. But now my son he's just hard headed, so he tries mother too. But but she tap his legs and he don't play with me like that. Cause I you know, cause I'm a male and it's like that's the stern voice. Honestly, for me it's twofold, and some people might take this the wrong way. But a lot of mothers today are not really trying to be mothers. They'd rather be out in the street. So that's why a lot of these kids are acting out because they do not have that parent or a strong figure at home to look to and to discipline them. Well, you know, the survey is kind of wording this thing wrong, you know. They should say that, you know, the average kid feels that he can get away with more with mom than he's going to get away with pop. You know, like Skip on the show there said, uh, he said, uh, once pop raises up, you know, that's, you, you know, you pretty much got fear in you, you know. And, uh, you know, I had a mother who did most of the discipline. But when Pop had to take care of the situation, whether it was at home, anywhere else, you know, your child is going to respect that. They know who Alpha, who the real Alpha is. I read a study once that said that people listen to the male's voice uh, more so than the female voice because of the tone of it, the, low, the, the lowness. Women speak higher than men, and that, that's why you get children to respond better to the fathers than they do the mothers because of the tone of the voice. Dad's usually getting that ass faster a little bit uh, more than moms do. Moms tend to be a little bit more lenient, and, uh, yeah, dads just don't play. That's in a nutshell. 
All right, we got more. Uh, we got today's Millennial Minute with the one and only DJ Lucci. That's coming up in approximately 10 minutes. It's the D.L. Hughley Show. All right, and now it's time for our Millennial Minute with the one and only DJ Lucci. Isamia. So I came across a story about uh, Raven Simone and how she talked about before her 18th birthday, she got liposuction and breast reduction due to bullying. Her dad suggested, you know, basically anything to make getting liposuction or a breast reduction will stop these people from from bullying you because of your weight. She did this stuff and had a seizure on the table and then people thought it didn't help her, uh, didn't change her physical appearance because she was still getting bullied because of her body. And I think it just goes to show that people think that these surgeries are going to change their appearance because of what people think about them. And, and it just goes to show that like words and all this stuff hurt. We gotta do better. A young person shouldn't be getting these surgeries period, because of what somebody's saying about them. I mean, she was basically 17. Her dad had to sign off on them, you know, and that's just horrible to think about that she could have died because of what people were saying about her because of her body. Like, she couldn't help that her boobs were bigger than, you know, the average person or whatever. And it's just horrible and it's just sad to even think about. And this has been your Millennial Minute with Isamia. All right, we are getting, uh, we're going to be talking all that jazz with author Derek Barnes. That's coming up in less than 15 minutes. It's the D.L. Hughley Show. It is uh, the D.L. Hughley Show, your uh, indictment update. Um, so, um, we, of course, everybody's talking about uh, what happened in Montgomery. And reading articles, um, you know, a lot of people don't understand why. And, you know, I, I think they're being overly philosophical about it. What it comes down to is white dudes are not used to a black man telling them what to do. They're not. And they won't take it. They they expect a black kid to submit to, you know, a, a, a neighborhood watch person. But they will not. They don't believe that they should have to submit to a dude who is uh, sanctioned by the state to do a job. Like, that was his job. He was there working. He was there trying to keep the public safe. Just like they don't feel like they have to, just like when Obama was president, they didn't feel like they had, like it's that whole, uh, uh, what is it, what was it, the Dred Scott decision, that they don't feel like they have any, that a black man has any rights that they're bound to respect. They just don't feel like that. They don't. And they really thought that those people wouldn't do anything. They knew black people were around. I mean, though, although why that many black people would be around boats, I don't understand, but okay. <laughs> we, we, we've already seen how bad boat, boats work out for us, but okay. Oh, well, not only that, on um, a boat called the Harriet, and on top of that, on a dock where slaves were actually nope. sold. Nope. Oh. That ain't where I'd be spending most of my time, but I'll say this. If a white dude with a shirt like that would have happened, black people wouldn't have jumped on him, or they wouldn't have jumped on a white guy like that. Yeah. Nope. So yes, I, I think it is a hate crime, and you you sit your drunk ass and get uh, your, your 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 charges enhanced. That's exactly what should happen. So you're not racist when you sober, right? So I have a drink, yeah. boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Y'all better look yeah. out. You know, get yeah. out of here with that. You take that small town and kiss my. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> you know what else? They make in small towns bats. They make those there too. 
All right, coming up this hour, Jasmine's going to be talking all that jazz with author Derek Barnes, uh, the Hughley Hustle home, Whitney Houston birthday mix. Plus, we're going to be giving a deserve for someone the Shoe Booty of the Week Award. It is the D.L. Hughley Show. Well, uh, obviously not as well as you writing all these books and being so successful. <laughs> Man, I'm, uh, I just got off the road because, you know, I had a, that, the book we're talking about today dropped on the fourth and so I had a little makeshift tour we they had me in um um black owned bookstores. So I'm off for like a month but I'm working on like three books right now. Oh my goodness. Go, yeah, That's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy, boy. I came a long way. I, I, I'm sure you have. I mean, I know the book that you that you that's out now is called Like Lava in My Veins. Uh, I had yes. the opportunity to look over it and and immediately was drawn to it because it reminded me so much of, of all the books that are so popular amongst kids that don't really include yes. black and brown people, whether you're talking about Harry Potter, whether you're talking about the magicians, all of these things. So I was actually quite it's quite excited to talk to you about this. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I, I try to do something different. Um, I tried to do a hybrid picture book slash graphic novel. They, they, they've never done that before. I actually went out and got, um, you know, one of the most popular black comic book artists. His name is Sean Martin, bro, that did the book. He's worked for Marvel. He's worked for, you know, DC. And, you know, thankfully, Penguin allows me to, you know, um, choose my illustrators and, and just, you know, take a lot of risk. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. I know you've been extremely successful with um, a laundry list of books that you've written for kids. Uh, what's the next step? Are you going to now get into some digital things and maybe do like, you know, some stuff online for kids to have like maybe an interactive kind of thing with these books? Yeah. We, well, I'm, I'm just hoping right now that my, my, um, my um, latest release, like Live in My Veins, um, I would like it to become an animated series. Uh, I would like it to, um, uh, you know, become a book series. I've written like four more books in this series. And it's just centered around a boy named Bobby Beacon who has the power of fire and light. And his parents send him to a school to learn how to control his powers. But when he gets there, uh, the teachers are very mean. They won't, they won't allow him to raise his hand. They won't allow him to move around the classroom. And his parents come up and move some furniture and get him transferred to another classroom to a very loving and kind teacher who teaches him how to, you know, meditate. Uh, most most boys, regardless of race, are kinesthetic learners, meaning they need to move around. And the book, the uh, primary theme is pretty much how black boys and black girls are disciplined much harsher than white mm -hmm. children, mm -hmm. you know, in the American education system. So I, I just I just wanted to to um, highlight you know, these babies and just how brilliant they are and how children learn at different modes and children learn at different rates, but it takes the school, it takes the administrators, it takes the curriculum to be kind of uh, molded around those children so that we can optimize their uh, talent. So I, I would like to see that book become um, a animated series, but uh, it's, no, it's my 18th book. So I'm just hoping that, that you know, hoping that people support it, go out and uh, buy it so that Penguin can publish five or six more copies and hopefully it'll be uh, 
an animated series. So. Well, Derek, listen, I have no doubt that it is going to be successful. I mean, 18 books is nothing to, to, to you know, kind crazy, of right? yeah, to roll your eyes at. That's phenomenal. And I think there's also something to be said about the narrative about black fathers and, and the absence, the alleged absence of them or yeah. the absence of care or concern about their children and other children, because certainly you are a reflection of how that is absolutely not true, uh, not only being concerned about your own children, but also wanting to impact uh, and change the narrative for children across this country. So I have no doubt that you're going to be successful. Uh, I am always available to do anything I can to assist you in, in increasing and expanding your territory in this area because I absolutely love it. Uh, the book is called Like Lava in My Veins. Uh, give us all the information about where people can buy it, how we can support you, and what you need the most. Uh, yeah, I always, uh, I always recommend people buy books from their local independent woman-owned black-owned bookstore wherever you might live uh, but you can get the book online at all the online bookstores uh, or you can go to my website DerekDBarnes.com and I'm most active on Instagram you'll find me at author Derek D. Barnes and I look forward to hearing from everybody and uh, I got I, you know it's like I told you at the beginning I'm working on four or five books right now one of the most uh, uh, sad phrases in this household is there are no off days, you know. So I'm I'm going to keep cranking them out. And, and I love it. Keep writing, keep writing books for our babies, man. I love it, Derek. Thank you so much for the hard work that you do. And you know what? I'm going to look you up on Instagram. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to repost and and post about your books. I'm going to buy the book. And you know what? I'm going to seek out a a female black owned bookstore to purchase your book from. And if I can't find one, I'm going to DerekBarnes.com and I'm going to pick up a book. You got that. All right, yeah. Thank, thank you so much, Derek. So I appreciate it. Continue success. Thank you. Thank you so much. Much love. Thank you. The DL Log on the day. It is time to give a deserving someone the Shoe Booty of the Week Award. And now it's time for the Shoe Booty of the Week Award. Amazing. Mitch McConnell. Devil man. Is an American politician and retired attorney serving as Senate Minority Leader. He also serves as the senior United States Senator from Kentucky. A seat he has held since 1985. What you want to f- medal? McConnell has been the leader of the Senate Republican Conference and Senate Minority. We're all really impressed. So, why is Mitch McConnell this week's recipient of the Shoe Booty of the Week Award? Okay, let's hear it. Mad Mitch gets the shoe booty because he's consistently complaining about Joe Biden's age and how it's affecting his presidency. That's Use your common sense. And Mitch, who looks like an angry snapping turtle with a little shell envy, is older than Joe Biden. Lord have mercy. On Wednesday, he reminded us that our elected leaders are among the oldest in the world. Your mother's so old that her breast milk is powdered. You breastfeed like this. Pop Pop McConnell had just started a regular news briefing when the 81-year-old suddenly fell silent and appeared unable to speak. Goodbye. After all the right-wing shade on Joe Biden's fumbling and stumbling, what did they have to say about Mitch? Crickets. I'm 
Shop, shop. The incident is a harsh reminder that our elected officials have aged out along with their ideas on how the country should be run. Can I get an amen? It's time for old McConnell to go back to his farm and take his AAR peeps with him before they succeed in bringing back Jim Crow. These people are crazed lunatics. And that's why the Shoe Booty of the Week award goes to... Mitch McConnell. I got 99 pounds, but Mitch ain't one. Now, hold your walker, because here's a swift kick in the ass. What You Need to Know with Sybil Wilkes is coming up in about 10 minutes on the D.L. Hughley Show. Now it's time for What You Need to Know with the one and only Sybil Wilkes. It's Sybil Wilkes with What You Need to Know. Police in Montgomery, Alabama say one person has turned themselves in and two others expected to surrender in connection to the brawl at the River Dock over the weekend. Video of the fight that happened Saturday went viral on social media showing the black co-captain of a riverboat being attacked by a group of white men after police say he asked them to remove their boat from a reserve space. The Biden administration's restrictions on so-called ghost guns will remain in place for now. The Supreme Court in an emergency ruling agreed to pause a lower court's decision invalidating the regulations as the administration carries out its appeal. The case is scheduled for oral arguments next month. More Americans are dipping into their 401k accounts because of financial distress. That's according to Bank of America data. The number of those who did so during the second quarter spiked from the same time last year by 36%, most cite inflation as the main reason. I'm Sybil Wilkes. Be informed. Be empowered. Thank you, Sybil. Coming up next, if something smells funny, you better not ignore it. We're going to tell you why on my top five. That's coming up in less than 15 minutes. It's the D.L. Hughley Show. It is, uh, it is the D.L. Hughley Show, uh, your uh, indictment, indictment update. Update. Remember that if you are in Martha's Vineyard, I'm going to be there this Friday and Saturday. Also, uh, next uh, Friday and Saturday, I'm going to be in Orlando at the Improv. So come check me out. Um, you know what that uh, the Montgomery brawl in Montgomery at the, on the pier shows? Well, How little it pro- provocation it takes for white men to act violently towards black men yeah. or black people, period. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think in terms of, you know, you saying how clearly it was they didn't like a black man telling them what they could not do. And so they wanted to show him you don't get to speak to us like that. And I think right. you're right. And, it and, does show that. It shows the short fuse that they have when it comes to black people. But for me, I am glad to finally, because just like we're seeing it, it's everywhere. It's national. So that means they're seeing it, too. And I think right, they're but, finally seeing we are fed up and we will not stand by anymore and just record. If we, if you the, are attacking the analysis, one person. The <clears throat> analysis, look at all of the recorded lynchings and look at how little provocation they needed from winking to smiling, to not saying boy, to not being, de- say, sir, to not being deferential. Look, this is an extension of how little provocation it takes for them be- to become deadly violent with us. Okay. And, and, and how society would have shrugged it off. They would have made the argument, oh, they didn't mean to do it or they were drunk or it just got out of hand. But that behavior... The only thing that that behavior, the only thing different in that behavior was the behavior of the people watching it. Because those men grew up with men. And if you grew up in Alabama, you very likely knew somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody who dragged somebody in their house and lynched somebody or beat somebody or shot somebody while everybody else stood around. Yeah. 
him being a figure of authority probably accelerated the yeah. the anger also you know yeah. how many how many how many recorded men how many times were black men coming home from war in their uniforms killed correct it, it, this demonstrates how little provocation it takes for for numbers of white men particularly in a gang when there are a lot of people that whether that gang is uh the, I don't care if it's in a congressional proceeding and I don't care if it's a police activity when they have numbers and you are by yourself this is it takes very little to provoke them to acts of violence very little and the only thing different was that the fact cuz I have no doubt they would have beaten that man to death mm. I have no doubt or seriously harmed him and the only thing that stopped them was people coming to his aid that's all and it's it's it is that isn't new. That's retro. That is as American as apple pie. We saw what happened to Ahmaud Arbery just now. Yeah. That mentality is what happened. That mentality right now is what happened. They felt the right to do. They had the right to do it. And society would have said it was OK and would have made excuses because it takes so little to provoke white men to acts of violence against black men because they feel like you have no right that they are destined to have to respect. All right, coming up this hour, we got a song from When Your Mom and Daddy Were Still Together. We have my top five, a little note from the GED section. Plus, we're going to cover today's top, top stories with what's trending on the D.L. Hughley Show. Now, if something smells funny, don't ignore it. Jasmine's give us five body odors you should never ignore. Well, one in the taxi, you got to ignore if you want to ride. I mean, I'm serious. <laughs> uh, this is from Meg Butler from Madame Noir. Number five, uh, breath that smells like fish. Can't ignore that. <laughs> Uh, maybe he had it. Maybe his girlfriend was over. I don't know what am I, what I was supposed to say. Still bad. Still bad. Number four of the top five body odors you should never ignore: a breath that you can't fix. Bad breath. Yeah, you need to boil your tongue. I don't know what's happening to you. You got to tell us why. Because if you just say, "Hey, your breath smell like fish," okay, why? Like. Why? Hey, man, hey, 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 listen here, Doctor Phil. Let her do what she's doing. We don't need you to. I'm just. Try, I'm trying to make from compelling radio. What you want? So if your girlfriend See what he just called me See what he said See what he said I'm just gonna keep going So the bad breath That smells like fish Could be a a, a problem With your liver So you should go All of these basically At the end of the day Mean go to the doctor Something else is is bigger That's going on If it's fish It could be your liver If it's bad breath That you can't fix You know You could have a sinus infection It could be a dental issue All of that That popping mints Just ain't gonna help That black tooth In the back of your mouth Yeah That that can do it That can do it Number three of the top five body odors you should never ignore is you smell sweet. Mm-hmm. You could be yeah, dealing with diabetes. diabetes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, number two of the top five body odors you should never ignore, you smell pee. Yikes, if you smell pee. They actually say that's a, that's the first sign of a UTI. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You seep in it, huh? Okay. I, th- I think it would be something else, though. Wouldn't it be? Possibly. You walk along, the biscuit fall out your ass, probably. You've been dating R. Kelly or something. I don't know. And the number one of the top five body odors. Feels very do girl, Rock Ryan. Your breath smells like fruit. Also, Yeah, that's diabetes. Or juice. Skip. One other. I got you. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. It wasn't nearly as compelling as he made it out to be, but thanks for doing it, Jen. <laughs> Come here, we got a little note from the GED section. That'll be up in less than 15 minutes. It's the D.L. Hughley Show. All right, that is going to do it for us, ladies and gentlemen. It is the uh, D.L. Hughley Show, your uh, indictment, indictment update. update. 
Remember that if you're in Martha's Vineyard this weekend, I'm going to be performing an evening with me at the Hyatt in Martha's Vineyard. A little fancy to do, Jasmine. You know, is that what it's called? A little evening, a little with black me? tie thing. A little <laughs> evening. Well, well, those that's different, you know. <laughs> Uh, I won't comment on that, but but hey, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so I'm going to be at Martha's Vineyard then the following week, and um, of course I will be in uh, Orlando at the Orlando Improv Friday and Saturday, next Friday and Saturday. So um, Jasmine Sanders, what did you learn today? I want to say congratulations uh, again to uh, Russell Wilson and Sierra. They are expecting their third baby together. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I always wish uh, congratulations Take that future. to them Ooh. because <laughs> <laughs> the odds were so stacked against them in the beginning because well, so many people had negative things to say about their relationship. And I'm just happy to see that they're happy and multiply. I'll see you one and raise you three. Exactly. Jesus. And keep that one. Jesus. There you go. It's the Brady Bunch. Um... <laughs> Get my man Cheatham. What'd you learn today? I learned today. Thank you to uh, uh, your top five, man. I might need to go get my see, check my diabetes, check my sugar. Cause you got sweet bread. I, I thought, but yeah, it's either that or the strawberry banana smoothie I just had. One of the two. I don't right. Know either one. one. They lead to the same thing. <laughs> Hang on. That's be cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sugarfoot, <laughs> Cheatham, right now. All right. Coming up in the next D.O. Hughley Show, Kyle Hughley, a.k.a. Special K, is going to be our latest hot record producer, and we're here his latest project on Short Bus Record. Plus, the military man, Jamal Kings, is going to return to expose racism. Hidden in our everyday lives, it is the D.O. Hughley Show. We will definitely see you on the other side. Kyle, my favorite short bus operator. Pull that string. We got to go. Tote, tote. It's the D.O. Hughley Show. <laughs>